Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Now I remember on holidays with the kids going to the arcade at the front of St Ives and playing the whack-a-mole machine. This was a large rectangle of plastic with holes in it from which appeared moles as they popped their heads through in random sequences. The aim of the game was to whack the mole with a plastic hammer, wielded by me or one of the kids, as we gleefully hammered away in a quick-fire round of hand-and-eye coordination. Now I hasten to add that the moles were just fashioned from cushioned pieces of foam, and they were not real animals, so don't go calling the RSPCA and getting me reported. The game was always great fun, and sometimes you were on it, almost being able to sense which hole the mole would appear in and be ready to bring the hammer down and then get ready for the next one. Other times, if you missed one, you didn't have time to readjust and the next one would be missed as well, resulting in a frustrating round as you chase the moles without being able to hit one. Now, as a Christian, it can sometimes feel like I'm in a game of whack-a-mole when it comes to my behaviour and dealing with sin. Sometimes I'm on top of things, and I'm able to stop sin taking hold, managing to act against it before it surfaces. Other times, it feels like I'm in a hopeless tailspin, with one sin perpetuating another. It can be very distressing and infuriating, resulting in me losing my temper and control altogether. Yet another sin. Now before we get all pious and claim, as I've heard it done so, that to admit to sin means that I cannot have truly accepted Jesus' sacrifice, then we will need to refer to a number of scriptures which helps us to see that even when we've committed our lives to Jesus, we are still in a battle of whack-a-mole. 1 John 1.8 says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now John is writing to the believers in the early church who were being misled by a group of people called Gnostics. They had interpreted some scriptures to say that once Jesus had died for sins, then all sin was vanquished and there was no capacity within them to sin anymore. They were sinless as a result. Now this would be like putting a one pound coin in the whack-a-mole machine and staring down at the holes with no moles ever appearing. Now I would love this to be what actually happens, but the Bible seems to be pretty clear that it is not going to be the case in this life. Yes, Jesus has paid the price for sin and we are expected to behave differently and to help us the Holy Spirit is invested in us to help us change and become more like Jesus. But let's not kid ourselves as the Gnostics were doing. Until all things are made new in a promised eternal kingdom, until then we will struggle with our human natures, which are shaped in sin, our hearts, which the Bible tells us in Jeremiah are desperately wicked, and our minds, which Paul tells Timothy required retraining. It's pretty clear that we are in a daily struggle to live lives that reflect well on our Saviour. We're in a whack-a-mole daily situation. The good news and the truth of scripture tells us that the consequence of sin is paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus. Now let's just let 
let that sink in for a second. The consequence of sin is dealt with, conquered, overcome, removed from us. This means quite clearly that although sin might still be encountered and sometimes it overcomes us, the consequence of it no longer has any bearing on us. Jesus bore the consequence of my sin when he died on the cross. He died with my sin upon him, not only mine, but the world's, from the first man to the last man. Now, one of the most famously quoted verses from Scripture is John three sixteen. Many of you will know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die, so that anyone who believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. So the consequence of sin is death. But anyone who believes in Jesus receives eternal life, not death, meaning life and eternity in heaven rather than death and eternity in hell. It's a bit like playing whack-a-mole and winning every time. You never lose. But all this seems a little too easy, doesn't it? Surely this cannot be all there is to it. Well, in some senses, it is all there is to it. Believing in Jesus does bring us from one eternal path onto another. Simple as that. But there must be proof of this new state that we've stepped into. There must be proof of our new position. To try and put it simply, when Jesus died and then rose again, therefore conquering death and proving the eternal, he promised followers the Holy Spirit, who would live within us as a guarantee or a seal of our changed position. The Holy Spirit confirms our new identity. When Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said this in chapter 1, verse 13. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Now, having the Holy Spirit also alerts us to wrong behaviour in a way that previously we would not have had a conscience about. We now know when we do things that are against God's will for our lives, and we learn to live by these prompts. When I go on walks, I often see molehills appearing in the grass verges of farmers' fields. Moles are a real nuisance, and yet the only evidence that they are there causing damage are the piles of dirt that they excavate to the surface. The real damage is the warren of runs under the soil, making the ground uneven and even liable to collapse, as well as stopping new shoots from establishing roots. I suppose that sin works in the same way. It is part of us, and, we, and it will be part of us until we change from this life into our eternal life. But until then, sin remains with us. Sometimes it has the, the upper hand over us, other times we have it under control. Nevertheless, it remains part of us and we have to continually be on our guard, allowing the Holy Spirit to help us overcome. Now I'm always encouraged that the consequences of sin have already been paid for. It's the foundation for my hope and for the future and the basis for faith which helps me live a life worthy of Jesus' sacrifice today. Before I finish, I do need to make the point that while sin might be something that sometimes regrettably surfaces in our lives, 
We shouldn't just shrug our shoulders and accept it. We battle against sin. We overcome sin. We maintain our vigil against sin. We whack a sin every time it tries to surface. God has given us every tool we need to overcome through the Holy Spirit. We don't go out of our way to deliberately sin over and over again. Paul asked a question to believers in his letter to the Roman church. Should we keep sinning because we know that God's grace covers us? Well, the answer is plainly no. But the hope is maintained in the encouragement that if we do, God has already dealt with the consequences. In light of this, let's take up our mallets and with every ounce of our being, whack that sin before it takes a hold. I am of course paraphrasing, but I hope that you get the gist. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.